like making some serious money so at the end of all right guys welcome back to another episode of the young startup today we have a good older friend and we've stayed in touch with each other because we've always chosen to inspire each other with our ambition and our vision that we've had within the entrepreneurial world. Um, his name is Nima Atar. We, we have an interesting story. I remember seeing you at the currency place. Uh, I think your, your dad owns a currency business um, when we were going to Thailand. So this is back in 2017, which you know is almost five years ago now. Um, mm -hmm. But you were one to approach us about business and chat about business. And we started to network. We started to meet up and things along those lines. And the relationship has been great ever since. So uh, without further ado, if you want to take some time to introduce yourself, Nima, uh, that'd be much appreciated. Share a little bit about your story, um, you know, what you're doing right now and things along those lines. And we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you guys are um, 97, right? 1997? Yep. Okay, yeah. So I'm 94. So as Eric mentioned, I'm, you know, three years older than them. And you, you I remember that that day when you guys came to the currency exchange and we're going to um, Thailand. At the time, I think you guys were working in the recruiting industry. Yeah, we got I was, yeah. And I was um, working on my dad's currency exchange business and I was um, doing network marketing on the side. And, you know, that's one of the, I mean, before I go into it, one of the things that I honestly think young, every young person, if they don't know what they should do, they should hundred percent get into some sort of network marketing opportunity. Now, not, and that's not to get rich, but because getting into that environment forces you to learn some of the key skill sets to be a successful entrepreneur, whatever you do. And if I wasn't in that opportunity at that time, maybe I wouldn't have had the motivation to talk to you guys and connect with you guys. But Very because true. of that, we ended up, you know, having a meeting with each other about it and kind of moving forward. So that's just an interesting little snippet there. But I got started in entrepreneurship in 2014. And how it happened was growing up, I wanted to be a professional soccer player. And although I worked very hard, I realized at the age of 18 that I wasn't at the level that I needed to be to really make it at the higher level that I was going for. So I kind of sat and I was in this area of my life where I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I didn't know if I wanted to go into, you know, sports psychology, into something to do with sports. I didn't know if I wanted to go into honestly, just like many young people, I'm just confused. And, you know, being Persian, your parents always try to push you to school. The mentality is even if you want to be like a garbage man, you know, you go get a PhD in garbage and become the most <laughs> educated garbage man in the world, even if it makes no difference in your income. So that's always the mentality. So my parents were pushing me to go to school. So I went to university for one year at CapU and I just took psychology because I thought it was an interesting topic. And I was bored out of my mind in every class. It wasn't for me. So after one year of that, I'm still kind of, you know, looking around. I'm like, look, I feel like I'm wasting my time because I have no goal attached to this education. I'm just going to go. And honestly, I just was, I wasn't fulfilled. So one day I was working out at the gym and it's funny because I feel like this is where the law of attraction kicks in. Anytime you have a constant thought that you're obsessed with, mm -hmm. you end up getting an answer to it at some point. So leading up to this point, I kept thinking to myself, what should I do? You know, what's out there for me? What can I do to be successful? And I've always been the type of person who's happiest when they're growing. So if I don't have something to chase, uh, I'm not in a good place mentally, right? So growing up, it was soccer. After soccer, I started working out really heavily. 
And then at some point when I got to, you know, my workout goals, I kind of got to a point where I was, okay, what next? So I was working out at the gym one day and this guy came and put his headphones in my ear and he was three years older than me, two or three years older than me. It's very similar, you know, age gap between us as well. And he was listening to an audiobook. I kid you not, I did not know audiobooks existed at this point. And I, and I didn't. I never, and I was like, why would they make us read when we could have just listened to the books? <laughs> so so he, the book that uh, he had was How to Win Friends and Influence People. And it was the only book I had read up to that point in my life because I thought it was an interesting topic. And I guess I wanted more friends. So I thought this book might help. <laughs> so, um, so he's like, hey, you know, you should listen to audiobooks while you're working out. Now, this guy, you know, from my last conversation, I think he's making something like $8 million a year right now. So he's a very successful individual himself now. But back then, he was just kind of getting started in this area. So I asked him to send me a couple of these, you know, audiobooks that he was listening to. And he sent me a couple from audiobook, from, uh, sorry, from YouTube. And I was listening to one called Psychology of Selling by Brian Tracy. And I would listen to these in the background while I was playing like FIFA or whatever, because I was getting so good at the video game that I was getting bored. So I'm like, I need something in the background to kind of entertain me while I'm, while I'm playing. So I'm listening to this, to this um, audio book and the guy goes, 60% of entrepreneurs that are millionaires either never went to school or dropped out. So I'm listening to this and I'm like, wow, that's a really interesting thing. Because again, I was so like far away from business or anything other than soccer. I had no idea anything about anything. So it was the first time that I'm hearing that you could actually start your own business and be successful at it without a business degree. Even though my dad was a very successful entrepreneur, I guess he never came to my mind to ask him about, you know, whether you need a business degree or not. And, you know, again, them wanting to push me to education, they probably would have told me that I should go to business school anyways. So now here I'm hearing one guy say, okay, you don't need to go to formal education to be successful and you don't need a business degree to start your own business. And the reason I was avoiding taking business courses was because I hated math. So I wanted to avoid stats and accounting. So I'm like, there's no way I want to go into that direction at all. So once I heard that, I'm like, okay, so this might be something for me. And then in the next chapter of that same book, he said, if you read an hour a day in your chosen field, you'll be an expert in that field within three years and a world-renowned expert within seven years. So I've been, okay, not only can I be successful without going through formal education, but I can get the knowledge through books. So right then I made a decision of dropping out of school. And one of the traits that I've always had since I was young, that later on I realized that, you know, all successful leaders need to have, is you got to make decisions quickly and change them slowly. And that's a big decision you're making, right? Because you got to understand, again, the community that you're in is all pushing towards education. All of a sudden now you made a decision that you're going to go a complete opposite direction. So I made that decision and obviously my family was not supportive at all about it because your parents think that if you don't go to school, you're going to probably go sell drugs or be homeless, right? They're not, they're not thinking, oh, this is going to be a productive young man who's going to go and read books and start a business. They're thinking the worst case scenario. So I understand where parents come from when they have concerns about this. And I understood where my parents' concern came from. So I made a point of making sure that I was very disciplined and they could see that. So that worry would go away. But essentially, I started reading one hour a day and I didn't have a field because I didn't have any business that I was doing. So I just started you know, picking up books on success, mindset, finance, whatever I could come across. At the same time, I started working on my dad's currency exchange because I'm like, well, I'm not going to school. I'm not going to just sit around at home all day. So I'll go work at the currency exchange to hopefully get some business experience 
and I'm going to read some books on the side to get the knowledge. Pretty quickly, I realized that I'm just an employee. Yep. So six months into it, I'm like, look, I'm just a teller. I'm not actually getting any business experience here because obviously <laughs> no one, no one is going to trust a 19 year old with any business, you know, responsibility, especially not their dad who's upset at them for not continuing school. <laughs> so again, back to the, you know, back to talking about, you know, whenever you kind of ask for something, you end up receiving it. Me and my friend who was also kind of in the same mindset were at the gym and I was telling him like, man, I need to find an opportunity where I can actually practice all these skills that I'm reading about in these books. Cause I feel like I'm just reading this stuff, but it's, there's no point to it because I have nowhere to apply. Like I'm reading about sales, but I'm not selling anything. Mm-hmm. So two weeks later, my dad goes, Hey, I have a friend of mine who told me that, you know, they have a business that they're expanding. If you want go talk to him, maybe it's a field that you'd be interested in. So I go and talk to this guy and, and his office was like in the middle of a parking lot in Burnaby, like wasn't the most lucrative. Like there was no sign of like financial success where I went. Right. And the guy that I was talking to, he was, you know, an older gentleman around in his you know early fifties. And he had been in the business for a long time, like 12, 13 years. And, you know, he was doing well for himself, but he wasn't doing so well for like, you know, a young person to be inspired by in that sense. So he's telling me about, you know, how great the business is and how much money you could make. And as he's telling me this, that didn't really excite me that much because I don't know. I just, I was like, I thought, you know, it's more of a sales pitch. I didn't think it was like a actual thing that could happen. But as he's telling me about it, he mentioned this other young individual in that business that was doing really well, making a lot of money at a young age. And what he said to me really stood out. He said, if you want to achieve that kind of success, it's very challenging and you got to work very hard. And that's actually what got me in. Because I was looking for a challenge, right? Mm -hmm. I was looking for a business that could challenge me so I could learn the skills that I needed to learn to be a successful entrepreneur. So I thought, look, if I can get involved in this field and have any sort of success, not even make millions, but just have like the most minor level of success, I'll have to learn sales. I'll have to learn, you know, how to influence people. I'll have to learn networking. I'll have to learn management. So I'm like, worst case scenario, I'll learn all these skills and I'll learn about finance because it was in the financial industry. Best case scenario, what this guy is saying ends up being true. And I end up getting rich doing this as well. And again, leaders make decisions quickly. They change them slowly. So in that first meeting, you know, I paid the registration fee to get on board with the organization. And he told me they have this convention happening in Vegas. And I had never been to Vegas at this point in my life. Cause I, at that meeting, I had, I had literally turned 20, two days prior to the meeting. Right. So never been to Vegas. Um, and he's like, yeah, we have this convention happening. There's a convention fee of $270. And I had a credit card with a thousand dollar limit. And I think that, you know, the registration fee took me like right around the $300 limit. So I'm like, I got 270 left. Let's put it on the Vegas convention too. And by the way, this is the first time I'm ever meeting this person. The first, you know, um, encounter I have, but again, make decisions quickly, change them slowly. I like that. When I go I like home, that. my dad's like, oh, how's the, how was the meeting? I'm like, I started my own business. Like, what do you mean you started your own? Like, what? Anyways, they were very confused. I was still very confused about it. But <laughs> that was probably the best decision I could have made at that time. Because although in that two years of me being in that business, I didn't make much money, right? I think I made a total of like $30,000 in two years. And the sad part about that is that I was working seven days a week, 12 hours a day. So I was actually working my butt off, but I just like wasn't getting any results because I sucked. 
you know, the environment kind of sucked. I had no leadership at that, you know, um, organization, but I was, but it was a great experience because it exposed me to entrepreneurship at the ground roots. And it put me in a situation where I had to master those skills to get any sort of results. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that particular environment wasn't the most, you know, success oriented environment. You know, the guy that brought me into the business had been in business for maybe 12 years and he was making like 6,000, 7,000 a month. So I didn't have really great mentorship there. So I kind of really was thrown into like the deep end by myself and had to kind of figure it out. Absolutely. So anyways, after two years of that grind, I kind of was like, okay, like if it was going to work out, something would be given at some point. So I kind of took a step away. And for one year, I kind of just had a combination of trying different businesses and living my life a little bit because I was so obsessed with that business for two years, emotionally and time-wise that I had completely depleted myself of any sort of experience in terms of a young person. You know, I, I wasn't talking to any girls. I wasn't going to any parties. Like I was just like all in the business. So for that year that came after it, which was around the same time that we met each other, because I left that business around 2016. And I think we met around 2017, like early 2017. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of a point where I was, experiencing a little bit more balance in my life, but also I was doing like crypto trading. I was doing like Forex trading. I was like doing a little bit of an e-commerce business. I got into that network marketing opportunity. And again, even getting into that opportunity, it wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to get rich doing this. It was more mm -hmm. like, I'm going to get around some high achieving people because the people that I was going to learn from in that opportunity were doing very well, especially for their age and everything. So I'm like, look, if I can just get around these people, it's going to put me in that wavelength that I need to be in to achieve success. Mm -hmm. And here I am at the age of, you know, 23 at the, this is back in 2018, right? At late 2017, early 2018. And my goal at the age of 19 was to make a million dollars a year by 2021, right? So here I am at that point and I'm nowhere near that level of success. You know, I'm barely making, you know, 3000 a month, you know, working at my dad's currency exchange and doing some other side stuff. And I've been working my butt off since I was, you know, you know, I've been hustling. Maybe it wasn't the best vehicles that I was in, but I was working my ass off, but wasn't getting much results for it. Mm -hmm. So now here, here's why I'm sharing that because it's so easy to give up when you, when you, when you seem so far away from your goal, right? Cause imagine this is 20 late 2017, early 2018. My goal is to make a million dollars a year from in 2021. And I'm barely making 3000 a month. So it's like, it feels like you're so far away. It's like, what's the point? Yeah. But again, I didn't, I didn't give up on my goal. Every morning I would still write down, Hey, make a million dollars a year by 2021. I still kept going at it. And one day I'm listening to this Ty Lopez video, um, with Tom Billio. It was a, it was a podcast that it was doing with Tom Billio. Whatever your people's opinion is of Ty Lopez, he's a very successful person. So whether you think, you know, he's good at what he does in terms of, you know, benefiting people or not i don't know i've never taken any of his courses i've never done any sort of like business thing with him but he's someone who's gotten a lot of attention and who seems to have a lot of success so he must be doing something right so i'm listening to this uh, podcast of his and he says in your 20s stop trying to chase millions and instead chase mentors that are making millions Ooh. and and even though i understood that i kind of thought about it i'm like you know what i keep chasing these opportunities to hustle man but who around me is actually making a million dollars a year at a young age that I could learn from. Mm -hmm. So that's what got me kind of thinking. So 
my current mentor, when I met him, it was around January, February of 2018. And he was making around a million dollars a year at the age of 32. So at the time, before I had reached out to him, that's the only person I could think of who had the level of success that I wanted to have at a relatively young age. So I sent him a message. I went to see him and he was doing the same business that I, that I, that I did in 2014 to 2016 that I had no success in. But the thing is, he was doing it in a completely different way. But at the time when I went to meet him, I had no idea that was the case. I thought everyone just does it the same way. Mm-hmm. But instead of being closed-minded and thinking, well, what does he have to you know, tell me? I already did that thing. It didn't work out. Instead of being that kind of person, I'm like, what do I have to lose from going and meeting this person and seeing what I can learn from him? Because obviously, he's done something right that I wasn't doing to have the success that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. So I went to the meeting. And I made a decision to get back in the business, um, in that same business, but now working with him and his system. And I think you guys, you know, we were in touch together around that time. Still. Now, because of the little success I had in the first time around doing it, I didn't have as much confidence going back into it again. So I started part-time. So I was working at the currency exchange nine to five. I was doing it in the evenings and on weekends. First six months doing it part-time, I made 50,000. Now that might not sound like a lot of money, but from a guy who was barely making 3000 a month full-time to making like 7,000, 8,000 a month part-time at 23. I was like, okay, I was pretty blown away. So I'm like, this is dope. So I went full-time in September of 2018. I went full-time because I started in March of 2018. By September, 2018, I went full-time. My first year full-time, I made 120,000. And I think that's around the time you guys came and, you know, I helped you guys with some of your investments. And then I continued that. Now, fast forward, and then when I've, I'm going to finish my story around here so you guys can ask me questions. Because <laughs> I know you guys are like, dude, when is this guy going to take a breather? Oh, no, I love this story. Oh, I love it. I love it, man. I love this. <laughs> but, in, but, you know, fast forward to January 2020. Now I've been in the business for around two years at that time. And I'm still making around 10, 15,000 a month. Which, again, for a 24, 25-year-old is not a bad amount of money to make. You know, for, but the thing is, is that my goal was to make a million a year by 2021. So now I'm one year away from my, you know, target number and I'm only making 10, 15,000. So again, a little bit of the doubts kick in. I'm starting to think, okay, maybe I'm not in the right business. Maybe I need to do something different. You know, maybe I need to extend my goal for a couple of years. Maybe it was unrealistic, but then something kind of like clicked into my mind and here's what it was. So at the time, like I said, I was making maybe $15,000 a month doing the business. And at that point, I just had a thought. And I said to myself, if somebody were to put a gun to my head and tell me that if I don't make $60,000, they're going to shoot me. Would I die? I I actually asked that question of myself, right? Because I'm I'm a believer that if you can do one, you can do 10. That's my belief. Because if you can do one, you can do 10. So I thought if somebody came to my house with a gun, and said, look, we're going to kill you if you don't make $60,000, $70,000 next month. Would I actually die? Or would I find a way to do it? Because sometimes what happens is when you're, when you're a hustler, mm-hmm. you, have a, you have this ability to make yourself busy and pretend like you're being productive, whether the results justified or not. So I was mm-hmm. working 10, 12 hours a day at the time, and I thought I'm doing everything that I could but I wasn't getting the results that I wanted to get. So I asked myself that question and all of a sudden some answers started coming to my head. Okay. Maybe I would do this different. Maybe I would do this different. 
And then a sense of urgency kicked in. And, I'm, and, I'm, and you guys have known me for a while. I've always had a sense of urgency. I never really stopped working. But a sense of urgency <laughs> kicked in that was, that was a little bit different. And I kind of made a decision right there. Instead of extending my goal, I'm just going to go at a different level. And I'm going to play the game as if my life depends on it every day. And you guys have had this too, I'm sure, where like you're just so focused and so excited where you just go through walls and it's just you're so present in the moment and it's like everything works for you, not because you're getting lucky, but because you're just so in it. And then you've had times where you work the same amount of time, done the same sort of activities, the exact same, but you're just like, as you're doing the activity, you're thinking about other stuff. You're a little bit distracted. You're a little bit complacent. You know, we've all had those. So I just went all in long story short in 2021, I made around a million dollars, right? From the, from my business, I made around 750. And then from some of the other things that I was doing and other, you know, investments that I had, I think I made around a million. So I ended up hitting that goal and I was 10 times away from it a year before. Crazy. Okay. So the difference wasn't me becoming 10 times better. It was me just showing up a whole different person. Agreed. A lot of times people think you need time to change. And that's the biggest reason why people never change. It's because wow. they think it's because they think you need time. You don't need time to change. Right now, you can change everything about yourself in a moment. If you make a decision right now that you're going to be disciplined and you're going to show up to the gym every day starting tomorrow and you're going to do everything you're going to do, then you changed. 100%. Giving yourself a bullshit excuse that, oh, well, it's okay that I missed it, you know, one day I'm changing. That's BS. I don't believe in changing. I believe in change. So you either change or you don't change. There is no changing. Ooh, I love that. That's powerful, man. But anyways, that's my story. So (laughs) I'll I'll give you guys a chance to, you know, ask me some questions because I know we're going to have a little bit of a conversation more than anything. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I resonate a lot with that story. I resonate with the fact that, you know, going through post-secondary education and realizing that it really wasn't for us. We still went through it. We did complete it. Um, but as soon as we entered the corporate world, we realized that the, it, it wasn't for us. The things that you learn in school are not as tangible um, in regards to where you can potentially go and the vision that we had. What, what really stood out with me to me within your story, especially when you were first getting into business was... You know, when I got into business or when a lot of people get into business or even a sales role where you can make a crap load of money, they focus on the financials. How much can you make? But you didn't focus on that. You focused on what can I learn? What kind of challenge can I put into my mind? I'm curious, where did that come from? You know, you start, you said that you just started reading books. Where did that come from? Where did it stem from? Honestly, I think it it comes from, it's a two-part thing. One is, the information that I was probably receiving from reading these books and listening to these audiobooks, because they all express how important it is to challenge yourself, how important it is to get out of your comfort zone, how important it is to, you know, actually apply what you learn. You see, here's the thing. The problem with formal education is there's usually no application as you're going through. The, the problem with reading books, because we all know people who read books and they have nothing to show for it. You read books the for the problem sake with read reading books. books is the same problem. You're just taking information, but you're not applying it. I know people who are more successful than what, anything we can even imagine, and they don't even read. They get information from other sources, but it's not. So we sometimes, you know, we sometimes think that, okay, success, personal development equals reading books or listening to audiobooks or listening to podcasts. No offense, but that's complete bullshit. 
those things are meant to be a source of information that you apply and the application equals the personal development. Because once you apply it, you either fail or you succeed. Once you analyze why you succeed or why you failed and you learn from it, now you've actually learned. Mm-hmm. Learning is not taking exactly. right? So for me, it because I can't remember what my exact thinking process was back then, but it probably was a combination of what I was reading and also my own common sense. My biggest strength, if there's one thing that I've always been strong in since I was a kid, is common sense. I don't know what portion of intelligence you put that in, but common sense, I was always very, very strong. In. Like even when I was very, very young and people were telling me, oh, you can't be a professional soccer player. They'd be like, it's one in a million. And I would literally look at them straight in the face when I was six years old, by the way. And I'd be like, okay, so you're telling me 999,000 other kids aren't going to make it. What does that mean to me? <laughs> now you could say I'm cocky, which probably I was. I definitely was. But at the same time, it was actually a very logical way to think about it. 100%. Look, just because it's one in a million doesn't mean I can't be that one. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So why? So you're saying it's one in a million. I agree. But why can't I be the one? Why do I have to be the 999,000? Somebody has to be the one. So why not me? And I think that's a very common sense way of thinking about it, right? Mm-hmm. Or another thing was when I was, you know, when people were kept pushing back, like, oh, no, go to school. Don't do it. It's not going to happen. I would, you know what I said to myself? Like, look, as much as I love my parents, as much as I, you know, love my friends and family members, one day these people may not be in my life for whatever reason. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I still got to wake up every morning and look myself in the mirror with the decision that I made. So if I'm going to fail, I'd rather fail with my own decision so I can blame me. And if I'm going to succeed, I'd rather do it on my own accord as well. Because mm-hmm. the last thing I want is to resent my parents because they pushed me down a path that I don't want to go down. 100%. And I was okay living that life as long as it was my life. Because I'm like, I got one shot at this. You know, my parents got a shot at their life. My friends get, are getting a shot at their life. This is my shot. So I'm not going to let you live your life through me. I'm going to live my life. You do you. And again, that's another way of common sense of looking at it. Same thing when I was getting into business, you know, there is a lot of, you know, young people around my age at the time that had, you know, wealthy parents, you know, just like how my dad was doing really well and was wealthy, you know, and, you know, they had this, you know, mentality of, you know, we'll just get the business when our parents are done with it and then we'll take over. Again, I had a comment since I am like, if I get the business, I'm going to ruin that freaking business within three months because I have no experience in business. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. If I get passed down anything, I'm going to ruin that thing right away. So again, I had this common sense of if I'm going to do anything right, I got to learn first, you know, because my dad went through certain experiences that made him the person that he is to have the success that he had. If I don't go through that same experience, I'm going to ruin everything he created. 100%. And I'm not going to create anything for myself. So again, it was a little bit of common sense with all the knowledge and information I was getting through those books and everything. I love that. Yeah, I think think experience is the biggest thing, 100%. But I love... I love the fact that you chatted around, you know, implementation of what you're learning and actually taking action on that. Because, you know, funny enough, podcast just before this, we chatted around the compliance mindset. People do certain things to be successful because they were told you read 10, 10 pages a day, every single day for the rest of your life, you will be successful. But that's not the case. It's what you do with that information, how you actually exactly. implement that and take it into your life. You're chatting you know about another even- one that's horrible, waking up at 530 a.m. Yeah, exactly. I hate it. Doesn't work. I almost died one time, you know, because I was driving the highway and I almost fall. I fell asleep on the highway, 
and I crashed into two cars in front of me. I'm not joking. This actually happened. Dude, you got to figure out what works for you. Exactly. As long exactly. as you're fresh and enthusiastic in the time you're working, do it. Some people can wake up at 5 a.m. and can go on four hours of sleep. God bless them. Respect to you. Go kill them. Other people need a full eight hours of sleep. And both of those people can be billionaires and both of them can kick each other's butts in competition. It's about what you do when you're awake. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So all this stuff that you learn is just what worked for that person. You try it. You should hundred percent try it and see if it works for you. For some people, it works for some people. It doesn't. If I wake up earlier than 6am, I'm having a terrible day because if I don't get enough sleep, I'm grumpy. I'm like not enthusiastic. Like it's not, it's not the mentality I got to be in. So for me, 6am to 7am is a great wake up zone. Also, because of my type of business, I got to be up, you know, later till 10, 10, 30, 11 sometimes. So it doesn't work for me to wait, sleep at 8, 8, 8 p.m. and wake up at 4 a.m. Yeah, 100%. And, exactly. and just one more thing, because since we're talking about the application, one of the other things that I noticed with a lot of young people is they're waiting for the perfect opportunity. And I can't wait for you to get it so you can ruin it and then see why you made such a big mistake. Because <laughs> I love that. Because here's the thing opportunities are going to come. But if you're ready to take it, that's when it matters. Mm -hmm. It's like the athlete who waits for the scout to shows up to the game. And it's like, well, when the scout shows up, I'll start playing good. No, no, no. You play good every single day of your life. So that one time the scout comes, you don't fuck it up. I don't yeah, know if exactly. there are a lot of on here, but you guys can probably bleep it out. But the it's point is, is that for me, I was like, look, I got to just become as good as possible at all the skills and all the mindsets. So when the right thing comes, I'm ready to take it. Yeah. I love that, that was another, another mentality that I had about. Yeah. I love that, man. I think, um, you know, you're, you're speaking our language as well because we, we were like that, man. I think we all kind of go through that phase where, or a lot of people who want to get into and be successful in business or successful in life. It's like, you know, people tell you, go study this person and be that person. Go be Gary V because he works so freaking hard, clearly. Um, and you got to just work, 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 but like, it just doesn't work for everybody, man. Like, um, especially, and, and I think life goes in stages when I worked uh, corporate, it made sense for me to get up at six because I had to be at the office for seven 30. Um, I wanted to go to the gym before that, but now it just, you know, that doesn't work for me. Right. So being flexible, adapting to what your current life situation actually is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, application, just like Brian had mentioned, is so key because um, not everything in that book is going to teach you everything you need to know. But I always say, and I always tell myself, and this is kind of a mindset shift that I had to go through because I used to go and take notes of everything in the book that I learned. And then I'd go try to implement every single one of those things. Um, and then I'd be like, fuck, this is just so much things. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, if I can take one thing that will impact me positively from that book, you know, I might have to try five different things from it, but if I can take one thing from that book and walk away from it and it has benefited me in some form or fashion, um, that's a win for me. And I used to be so hard on myself because I'm like, fuck, I learned so much in this book, but, um, I'm not implementing it all. This isn't working, all that kind of stuff, but we can't be perfect. We can't all be perfect. And, you know, yes, us as humans, we are sponges. We like to learn, but, um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's always going to be a path of least resistance and a path, uh, of resistance. Right. And I always go down this because, uh, you know, you want to work smarter, not harder at the end of the day. I think a lot of people tend to go this way because they try to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I don't know if it's because they're trying to be perfect or what it is, yeah. but honestly, I just think most people are bad at making decisions. Exactly. 
that's 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 the biggest thing like it's just like and the reason is is because they're always thinking about i honestly think it's because they haven't learned a good strategy for decision making so here's my strategy for decision making worst case scenario best case scenario and i can make the decision right away i love it (laughs) so anything i look at i just look at what is the worst case scenario and what is the best case scenario so I'll use your guys' business um, for, as an example because you guys are teaching people about Amazon and everything, right? Yep. So I don't know how much your guys' course and everything is and we don't need to go into that. But if you guys were offering me that and I was in a position where I was looking for a business to get involved in, I wasn't sure what I'm doing. I'll look at it this way. Worst case scenario, I'm going to spend X amount of money. I'm going to learn from some top people who are killing it in their field. I'm going to work what they teach me and I'm going to learn a lot from that experience and I'm going to walk away with them. That's the worst thing that could happen. I lose a little bit of money potentially, but in essence, I'm investing in my own learning. Mm -hmm. I'm networking with some people that are killing it in their field. I'm learning about an industry and a business that is only going to be growing in the future. And I walk away with that. Best case scenario, I get rich. So when you have that worst case and best case scenario right there, why wouldn't you do it? Literally, that's such a do you get what I'm trying to say? But you know what people do? Here's what people do I need to think about it, and you know what I need to think about it means it means going in the shower and worrying about all the things that could go wrong and 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 talking yourself out of a good decision. That's why I never think about anything. I know within 10 minutes of hearing something whether I'm gonna do it or not, whether it's buying a million dollar property or starting a hundred dollar business. I know within 10 minutes if I'm gonna do it or not, and I don't waste my time or anyone else's time. Here's another reason. The more decisions you have in the queue, the harder it is to make decisions. 100%. So you go to 100 meetings and you tell everyone you're going to think about it. Now you got 100 things in queue and you're going to make no decisions and you're going to ruin all of them. Yeah. Paralysis by analysis. So it's just that I just think people are just too afraid of making a mistake. And I'm like, for God's sake, just go make all the mistakes so you can realize it doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. You just like, you know, you mentioned it before as well. You know, you got to do something, you either learn from it, um, like something bad happens, you learn from it and you learn that you do not need to do this again, or something good comes from it. You take that, you hone into it and it's now part of your routine or whoever you want to become. So uh, that's the way that I've always looked at life as well. It's like, you know, there's no bad. It's yeah. either you learn positively or you learn of what you not or what not to do. So now there are some things that I would say are bad. And here's what's bad. When you get that message in the DM, Oh, give me $10,000 and I'll give you 40% return a month in my Forex thing. Right. (laughs) I don't, you know why I don't reply to those because it's not going to teach me anything. If I'm giving some guy money, he's either going to scam me or he's like, if, if anyone can get 40% a month, there would be no Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett would take take $250 billion and give it to that guy and retire. 100%. 100%. Very true. <laughs> but, so like, true. but like, if you can, if somebody's coming and giving you something for nothing or for something for just money, you should definitely think about that. But if they're actually going to give you a learning experience from it, I'm, I'm not talking about buying material. Obviously, when you're buying stuff, you're only paying and getting something. But I'm yeah. talking about like opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, best, the best currency is knowledge. It's a wealth of knowledge because as soon as you evolved and adapt to knowledge, you develop skill sets that can be profitable in some form or some shape or form within a business, within your personal life, within your relationships down the road. So I love how you, you approach that because it, what, what Eric said similarly, 
there's always a good from a bad. And if you look at it like that, yes, you could potentially lose money, but you can also walk away from a lot of knowledge that you can implement to something else that could be profitable down the road. Here's the thing though, even if you lose money, you know what you gain? Ability to make decisions. Yeah, there we go. I'm telling you this right now because we're all in sales in one way or another, right? The, the thing that I see most common in average people or, fa- or people that fail is their ability to make a decision. For sure. Like I'll tell someone, I'll be like, hey, like there's this financial you know, course. We do it every Saturday. You're going to learn advanced financial knowledge from some top professionals. There's a one-time fee of $150 to register. And once you register, you can come to all the classes for the rest of your life as often as you like. Okay. So think about that for a second. So the thing that the person is going to do is they're going to give 150 to attend seminars every Saturday on their own time in a Zoom webinar to learn financial knowledge. Why the heck would someone say no to that? But believe it or not, I have people who say no to that all the time. And I ask them, like, why? And, and, and they can't give me, I don't have time. You don't have time for an hour. So, so, you, so you have time to work 80 hours a week to make money. You don't have an hour a week to learn about what to do with that money. So it makes no sense to me. Logically, it makes no sense to me sometimes why people make the decisions they do. But it all comes from a point of playing defense. Yeah. Love right? It, like, oh, what if I pay the 150 and lose it? And exactly. it's not, you know, exactly. worth something. We're so scared of the worst case scenario always. Right? And so that's not even, that's not even a lot of money. <laughs> and since we're talking to young people, Yeah. In my opinion, from the age of 20 to 50, you should only play offense. You could start, play, start playing defense at the age of 50 and up. But if you're, but if you're making defensive decisions in your 20s, I'm sorry to tell you, dude, like you're never going to make it. You can't make it playing defensive in, in your 20s. That's, that's ridiculous. That's like someone going and putting all their money in a GIC when they're 20 years old for 40 years. <laughs> so true. This is the time to make mistakes and learn. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm looking back at like, before you Amazon, we put $10,000 into our Amazon business when we first started. And that was our first investment, but we Amazon and didn't take action because of the defense. We kept creating these stories in these mind that didn't allow us to take action. But as soon as we made that single investment, our life changed forever, not only within the Amazon aspect of things, but our ability to invest into ourselves in order to gain more, a more wealth of knowledge in order to develop our skill set and things along those lines. Uh, and now we throw money. I don't even want to say throw. We invest money like crazy in order to learn things faster, to, to develop knowledge faster. Which Let me allows ask you a question because to- I'm curious to know. What were the stories you guys were telling yourself? How did you convince yourself that it's not a good idea? <clears throat> The stories that we were telling my, uh, telling ourselves was, you know, we're doing so well within our corporate jobs. Why would we put time and, and energy into uh, a business when we're doing so well here? Um, yep. You're telling, you're telling ourselves, um, hey, if, if we, we lost leave that if, job, we're not gonna have a salary. If we right, lose, yeah. if we lose this investment, then you know we're gonna have a bad, uh, a bad taste in our mouth about entrepreneurship. All these little things um, that that pushed us away 100%. But you know, we we saw the complete other spectrum as soon as we committed 100%. Now, you guys probably found a great way to, you know, talk yourself into it, even though you had those thoughts. Yeah. I'll share with you guys because, you know, a big part of what I do in my business is mentor people and, you know, teach them how to become entrepreneurs, right? Yep. So I'll tell you guys how I, I have a systematic way of helping someone break down those barriers and make a this good decision for themselves, right? I would ask that, I would ask you guys, if you were like, let's say in that position, I would ask you guys this very simple question. 
where do you want to be five years from now in terms of your lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. I know you guys, you would probably want to live a pretty solid lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now, how much would you say that lifestyle would have cost? At that time, I would say like 15 grand a month minimum. (laughs) Okay. Now, how much were you making? At air, when we were when we were working corporate, yeah. um, we were leaving after taxes. After taxes, I was taking home like nine grand a month around okay. there. So you were about seven grand away from the number that you wanted to achieve. Yeah. And if you made fifteen grand a month, you would have been happy making that for the rest of your life at the time. Not for the rest of my life, but okay. for the, at the, time. the next. Yeah, at the time. How much money would you say you would want to make that you would have been happy with? Would you say it would be like forty thousand a month? Minimum. minimum. And, and how old would you want to be when you start making that kind of money? 25. Uh, the age I was. <laughs> as soon so, as possible. Yeah. But like not when you're 40, essentially. Yeah, okay? exactly. That's too far. Then the next question I would ask is, can you make that kind of money doing what you're doing by the time you're, let's say, 28? And I think your guys' answer to that would be no. I'm sure you guys, um, people are making good money in recruiting, but probably not within that short of a time span. It takes a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Then the next question I would ask is, could you make that kind of money doing Amazon in that time period? Yes, 100%. Could you also lose all your 10,000 and make no money and not be successful? Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) When would be the best time to take that shot on whether you're going to make it or not? In your early 20s or in your early 30s when you have a family? Early 20s. Early 20s. That's it. So now you know what this is. Damn, that's a, that's Damn. good. That's a good point. The quality of your life is determined by the quality of questions you ask yourself. I love that. Because it's very difficult to make the decision you guys made being in the position you are, especially when you're comparing yourself to your other friends who at the time were probably making much less money and weren't having as much success. Exactly. But then yeah. when you start asking those questions, then the answer almost becomes so obvious that you cannot make it. Unless you make a decision to give up on those dreams and just be what you are forever. Yeah, man. Damn. But you know, most people, they don't ask those questions because they're afraid of the answer. That's why they don't do it. They don't ask those questions because they're afraid of the answer they're going to get. Because what that answer will tell them that they have to leave their comfort zone immediately and take a big risk to themselves to potentially make it. And they might not even make it. Mm -hmm. But what, what would happen if you guys didn't make it? Couldn't you get back your job? Yeah, he, yeah. Our Most likely, yeah. When we quit, our boss left the door open completely. But I had people to fall back on too as well. Like, um, I, I wasn't worried about not getting work in all honesty. So there you go. So it's not like the world would have ended. Same with the kid who's like, oh, I don't know if I should leave school and do business full time. Well, could you go back to school if it doesn't work out? Yep, 100%. But here's the question. Can you always take that kind of risk? Because I'll argue with you when you have two kids. Now, neither, none of us have kids. But if you have two kids at home and you have a wife and you have three mortgages, it's a little bit harder to make that decision. Yeah, so if you're going to pull the freaking trigger on that thing, you might as well do it now, not wait until later. So yeah. true. So freaking true. And, and I appreciate you sharing that because I'm like I said, that. <laughs> our, our audience is very much so specifically for this podcast, we're really trying to impact the, the younger demographic. And, you know, people just need to hear that at a young age. And, you know, I don't think I tell myself that enough but I've done that. You know what I mean? So it's, it's good for me to, to hear that from, from you for sure. Yeah. And I'll share something with you guys, you know, like, uh, my mentor, he, um, invited me to go on a trip with them this month. Right. And the trip, cause you know, this guy's making 3 million a year. So he's not going to go on a cheap trip. 
So the trip would have cost me around $25,000, $30,000. Now I'm making really good money, but even then, you know, the way we think it's almost like, Hey, invest your money, you know, save it, you know, build your wealth. So spending 30 K on a trip and I'm not much of a traveler. Like I'm not a big traveler was definitely a bit out of my comfort zone. Yep. Like a, spending that much for like a one week trip was definitely out of my comfort zone. But again, I did the same process. I'm like, Hey, my goal. So this is another thing that I actually learned from my mentor. He says, do what you would at the end in the beginning. So I thought about, it. I'm like, look, my goal is to have a $500 million net worth. If I have a $500 million network, do I care about a $30,000 trip? Hell no. 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 So if I'm going to get to that level, I got to start thinking like that person now. And I looked at my finance. I'm like, look, like I definitely like, this is an easy thing for me to afford. It's an easy thing for me to spend money on worst case scenario. I'm going to overpay a little bit for a trip that I could have maybe done for a lot cheaper, but I'm going to be around some high level players associating with them for those, for that duration of time. I'm going to have a really good time and I'm going to expand my belief system into thinking. And literally he told me um, in the morning of that day, by the night, I was paying for the trip. Love it. (laughs) Quick decisions decisions quick. Again, quick decision making. Cause I'm like, I'm either going to pay for it today or I'm not going at all. So I'm making a decision today. I'm not, I'm not putting this in the queue. I don't have, I don't have the capacity to have stuff in the queue right now. Right. So again, same thing, but I made the decision the same way. I love that, man. That's awesome, man. Where did you go? Just so, just so you know. We haven't gone yet, but we're going to Mexico. But it's like this crazy resort. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be insane. Yeah. I love it. I love it, man. Hopefully it'll work out, but I'm sure it will. So we'll see. <laughs> no, I, I love, think, I love um, belief systems huge. It's just like, you know, I always like to visualize me driving, um, you know, cars that I want or living in places. I used to go um, on drives through the hills of Port Moody where, you know, all those beautiful homes that look over. Um, like the beautiful forest. Uh, and now we drive down Port Moody to see all the homes on the water um, because it's all about leveling up. Right. Um, you know, I used to read, I, I read a book, I forgot what it was, but they said, you know, go, go test drive the cars that you want to own so that you yeah. can feel what it feels like. Um, because then you're putting yourself in a state of mind where it's like, okay, I got to get it now. Uh, what does it feel like? And, and then you get into that feeling and you're like, Oh, I don't want to not feel that. So your body naturally just goes for it. So. Yeah. And I honestly believe you only get, you get in life what you tolerate. So if you don't put yourself in a position where what you tolerate doesn't level up, you won't mm-hmm. level up to achieve. Yeah, percent. And that could be for everyone different. It might be material. It might be levels of success. It might be whatever it is, but that's a big thing. So doing that stuff increases that tolerance level. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Because sometimes it's easy to convince yourself that, for example, just as an example, that Toyota Camry is a good enough car. Why would I need something better? But then once you start, you know, getting in that Bentley a couple of times <laughs> and then going back to Toyota Academy, you're kind of like, okay, maybe I kind of want the Bentley instead. Right. Yeah. And again, that's just an example. It could be anything. It could be winning. Right. If you're used to losing all the time and you've never won and never tasted victory, you might think, well, it's not too bad. You know, I'm finishing second, third, fourth, fifth. What's the big deal? But once you win and you taste that thing, and my favorite part when it's someone wins for the first time is watch them lose again right off. Because that almost always happens. Whenever you win, you get a little bit complacent thinking now you're going to win. And then when they lose, and then you see the look on their face. And yeah. that's, that's, how you know whether, that's how you know whether they're going to win again or lose. Because some people don't win, and then they'll lose and they'll be like, oh, I just got lucky. 
And then other people will win and they'll be like, wow, this is nice. I like the recognition. I like the respect. I don't want to lose ever again. And then they lose and then they feel the pain of that. And then they never lose again after that. Yeah. yeah. They reflect, they reflect and they, imp- they reflect on what, what could have changed in order to get success again. And then they create new levels for themselves. Every single time they, they have a level, they're looking at their next level so that that momentum is always on an upward climb. I think it's so important because momentum, especially you know, as, as simple as, as losing once can kill your momentum to the point where it takes a while to rebuild and, and go yeah. back up. So reflection and decision-making, I think of what, what it comes down to is decision-making um, is really a huge component in that. And look, sometimes we need to go through that to learn the value of winnings, to cherish it. Yeah, you know? I agree. Like, I, I'm, I always finish number one, like in all our contests and everything. I, and it's because I know what it feels like to lose and I'm not willing to feel that way. One of the things that I do really well, I take emotional snapshots. So like, that. here's what I mean by that. When you lose, the worst thing you could do is dwell on the loss for longer than 10 minutes, right? When you lose, you analyze why you lost and then you make a plan on what you're gonna do different to make sure you win and then you move on from the loss. It's over. You're never gonna go back there. However, there's one key component. You gotta remember how it felt. So I make sure it hurts. I make sure it hurts. I'm, I'm, uh, as I said, I mentored one of the guys that I mentored, this guy like is absolutely killing it. He's first year in business. He made 200,000 at the age of like 24, 25. Right. Okay. Now here's the thing. When he was first starting with me, he kept finishing number two in these contests um, to another guy that was on a different team. And one time he finished number two and I was just pissed off that month. I had also finished number two after like months of being number. So I was already pissed off at myself, but also I was pissed off at him for being number two all the time. So I gave him a call. I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not getting off this phone until I hear a teardrop. Like, I need to know that you're hurt by losing. And now some people are like, this guy's a psychopath. He's crazy. But look, winning is not a, winning is not nice. Right. And losing is definitely not nice. So, you know, if I'm going to help someone win, I'm going to be very sure. I'm like, dude, I'm not leaving until I know you're upset about losing. And I made sure he fought the pain. He's never been number two since that month. He's yeah. been number one ever since. Him and I have been number one for 12 months in a row now since that call. Holy because crap. I'm like, I'm going to stay on this call until I hear a freaking teardrop because I need to know that you understand how bad it is and how painful it is that you lost. Because right now, you, because he was tolerating number two. So I'm like, it's enough, man. Enough of this number two shit. Exactly. If you're not first, you're last. Leadership right there. So taking emotional snapshots, that's what, it, what I mean by that, right? And when you win, take emotional snapshot of that. But honestly, that's what I believe all great leaders do, right? Is they make people understand how important it is to achieve the goal. Mm -hmm. 100%. And that's where the urgency comes in and everything, right? 100%. I love that. It gave me goosebumps to think think about that and, and create emotional snapshots. But even more so, I feel like I don't reflect enough in my pain and my failure. And I definitely learn from them 100%. But I don't think um, I could look back and look back at that snapshot right now and feel that pain anymore. So that's a, a good tip for myself that I'd, I'd love to implement 100%. Yeah. And, and you know what? It becomes a tool. Yeah, absolutely. Because, exactly. Because that day where you're not on, you just think about it for a second. Exactly. And you just put yourself in that sometimes, sometimes as kids, we do this, right? Have you guys ever like had that thing where like when you're a kid, 
you think about how horrible it would be if your parents died and how sad you would be and all that. Have you guys ever had that kind of like imagination happen? It happens, right? Yeah. I think there's a psychology thing behind it. But essentially, when you go into that thought, you almost feel like crying as you're having that thought in that moment. Even though, you know, your parents are like, like literally like driving the car or right in front of you. And the, just having that thought puts you in such a bad emotional state. You feel all the negative emotions from it. Mm-hmm. That's why I think being emotional is actually a positive thing. See, emotional control doesn't mean not having emotions. It means having control over your emotions. But your emotions are your greatest tool. 100%. And that's what I click into all the time. You know, like if you guys ever do anything with me, I don't care if it's a video game or if it's a business thing. If I'm losing, you know, <laughs> like I'm a, I'm a, I got pissed. I'm a sore loser and I have no problem saying it. I am a, <laughs> I've had friends of mine that have been stuck at my house from 7 p.m. till 3 a.m. because I had to beat them on a video game before they left. <laughs> I love that, man. They don't even play video games and stuff with me anymore. They don't play like any games. Like, dude, if we start and we win, it's the worst decision we make because we're not able to leave the place until you win. But it's like, it's because for me, I just can't tolerate that. And I make sure I remember how it feels. And it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But remembering that bad taste sometimes is a good thing. I agree. For sure. You know, same thing with like, when you want to skip the gym, just why don't you think about one time when you were at the beach and you saw some guy with a six pack that was getting all the attention <laughs> and you looked down and you didn't have the body that you wanted. And, and remember how that felt and tell me if you don't go to the gym right away. It is. So true, man. True. You start, yeah. you, you start. The, wor- the worst is, the worst is when you see friends that are ripped or like, you know, summer comes along, they've never had the six pack. And then all of a sudden they show up with the six pack. I'm like, fuck man. Like what? happened and by the way some people don't care about that but if you're in a position where that affected you let's say that let's say and by the way you're happy for them but it's like you're affected because you're like why don't i have a nice body and that affects you remember how that affected you remember that feeling and if you don't care about that that's fine you don't even have to think about but the things that you care about you got to make sure you have some sort of emotional attachment to Mm -hmm. it if you're going to be very disciplined with it and stick to it very true i agree you know, so that's why I think it's good to remember when you were broke, you know, it's good to remember because sometimes like when you're, when you, it's been a while since you've been broke, you forget what it was like when you like, were like at the, you know, uh, at the register and you're like, uh, I hope it's not a decline or like you already are making up the excuse for when the decline hits, like why you got declined. Remembering those moments is a very, very powerful thing. I agree. Yeah. Going back in them, like you said, it, it, you're building a tool set or, or a set of tools that you can just reflect on. Uh, in order to make that next push, push you over that next challenge, get you, get you to that next peak. Super powerful for sure. And by the way, different things work for different people. Agreed. Exactly. You know, for me, whatever motivates me that day is good enough. You know, yeah. like day by day, we get better and better. Well, somehow, but you know, sometimes some people like make motivation, this like thing, like this spiritual thing, like, Oh, I only want to be motivated by, you know, fulfilling my purpose or by doing that. And it's like, sometimes you just got to get motivated by just proving some asshole wrong. Like that, that's like, sometimes you just got to wake up and like today I'm going to work my butt off because I remember that kid in middle school told me this shit. So for me, I have what I have like a hundred buttons that I can press. And then there's like four buttons that are like the emergency buttons. It's like only hit at emergency because you hit that button. <laughs> you, no one can talk to you for the next six hours and you're going to go all in. Right. So like every human being has to find their buttons because the difference between an employee and an entrepreneur is entrepreneurs find their own buttons and click them. 
employees have someone else create a button for them and press it for them. That's a great, that's a great that's analogy. The because like an emotional storage bank. Exactly. Because the only difference between an employee and an entrepreneur is one person needs someone to motivate them. The other one can motivate themselves. That's it. Very Love true. It. Love it, man. Well, um, you know, this has been a great conversation. We're a little bit over, but uh, damn, man, you're always, it's always, it's always a pleasure chatting with you because you always have this, just the way you present yourself, man. It's just so inspiring. Um, and obviously you've done a lot of big things and it's been a while since we last chatted and I'm not surprised that you hit your goal for 2021. I'm not at all. I always see the rankings and I see you up there, bro. So uh, good on you, man. It's, uh, it's good to, it's really good to reconnect. And I think this is going to be very inspiring for our audience, especially the younger people who, uh, who need a little kick in the button, uh, always, you know, dwindle on their losses and failures and everything like that. So uh, been a pleasure, man. Great to chat with you and uh, hope you have a good rest of your day. Yeah. I appreciate it, my friend. That means a lot. And I'm so proud of you guys as well. You guys are absolutely killing it. <laughs> and, you know, we've got to catch up sometime outside of the, this podcast environment, but you guys are absolutely amazing things. And I can't wait to see what you guys do more of. And I'm great that, you know, we've stayed in touch since that little meeting that we had back in uh, 2016, 2017. Five years ago, man. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. Time flies. Time flies. But there's, there's certain things that's, uh, that stick out with certain people and those little things keep you connected forever. Even yeah. though we don't hang out every single day, we're always, you know, in our back pockets and we can rely on each other. So yeah, I appreciate 100%. you. Yeah. 100%. And if you guys ever need anything, I'm there to help. And, you know, I really appreciate you guys. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else you guys do in the upcoming future. Absolutely. You know, man. Absolutely. See you guys later. Bye-bye. See you later, boss. See you. Bye.